Hey, what's going on? The TV show is now available on Amazon, Running the Triple Crown. Collaboration project Ryan Clayton and I put together probably for the past year. So first four episodes are available now. Two more episodes will be released in the next week or two. But check it out and let me know what you think. My name is Danny Moreno and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thanks. Man. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspired. Jam Jam, Jamel Curry here from Air Viper Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hi, this is Alex Nichols. Uh, welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast. Welcome to episode 138 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. We have a great episode. Danny Moreno, she was on originally episode 91. She's a friend of the show. I wanted to catch up and see how she's been. It's been almost, it's been more than a year. So I just wanted to see how she's doing. Big shout out to the show sponsors. I wanted to say thank you to Exoskin. I'll leave a link in the show note the coupon code. I think it's for 20% off at this point. And just check them out. I mean, I love their gear. I think it's super high quality. I've used it in pretty much every race that I've done in all of 19 at the end of 18. And any races I do this year or next year is highly likely going to be exoskin. I use their toe socks, calf sleeves, base layers. I was testing out some of their arm sleeves that were incredibly nice and they have skull caps even so yeah definitely check them out and i mean i i know i'd be using them pretty much regardless if they were supporting podcasts or not but it's great to have them as a supporter same with kogala they make a waist belt with led lights it just it's game changing if you're gonna run a long time it allows you to move your head around check things out and not have to whip your head with the headlamp on uh, in the direction of whatever's going on. So I like to keep it on a low setting, but the light has a bunch of different settings. It can go super high and you'll use a little bit more battery, but they have a system where the battery, you can use a small battery, medium or large that Kogal makes. And then you have all these different options and you can replace batteries and drop bags and Truly, it's it's game-changing, especially for 100 milers and beyond. So check out Kogala. I'll leave a link in the show notes along with the coupon code. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. They've been a longtime supporter. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my referral code 252888 for 15% off your first order. And then last but not least, Destination Trail. You know, There's been a lot of races canceled recently. Check out their website. They have... A variety of virtual races available. I think they have actually offered the longest virtual race in the world. And they also are giving those kind of trademark belt buckles away for your efforts there. So check out Destination Trail for more information. And last but not least, actually, is the Patreon supporters. I need to mention these awesome supporters. I have a shout out tier now. Richard is just crushing it. He's been a very, very big supporter. So thank you, Richard, David, Brian, Meg, Landon, Ray, Brian, Todd, Matthew, Pat. You guys, each and every one of you guys, regardless of the amount, are huge supporters and you make this all work behind the scenes, whether you realize it or not. So big thank you to you guys and benefit of Patreon supporter. You get a little bit of 
behind the scenes with a closed Facebook group, but then you're also getting episodes. I try to get them to you um, much quicker than when they're actually released. So if you want episodes basically before they're public, you know, look into Patreon and just appreciate you guys. Enjoy this episode. I'm joined by a friend of the show, Danny Moreno. She was on probably in June of last year. Just an awesome athlete. Always fun to talk to. Danny, how have you been? I've been doing good. Well, you know, as good as you can be. <laughs> I mean, it, it says a lot because you're a very positive, like kind of bubbly personality. So um, where where are you located these days? Uh, I'm still located in Santa Barbara, so working okay. and training here. Yeah. Okay. Um, before I forget to mention this, I wanted to throw in sponsors because you do have a few, and I wanted to give them a shout out really quick, if you don't mind. Oh heck yeah! Um, so Did you just have I, to take a big drink or something? Before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are these sponsorships going okay? Yeah, they're going okay. <laughs> big goal um so i'm sponsored by hoka one one which they are amazing and they're also uh locally based i'm also sponsored by run and rabbit uh they are an apparel company and they've they only started a couple years ago and they've really been taking off and recently have been dropping some really cool stuff so if you've never heard of them or checked them out highly recommend it they have a really cute hat and some shorts that recently came out softest, um, like softest shirts on the planet like seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the easy tees and the easy long sleeves, so soft. And not just like a one-time soft where you then throw it no. in the dryer and it goes away. Like consistently soft. It blows my mind. <laughs> I, I still wear mine from, I think it was Black Canyon 100K from maybe two years ago. And it's, yeah, it's uh -huh. still amazing. I love that company. Yeah. It's weird alien technology. I'm like, is this patented or I don't know. Um <laughs> And then uh, I also have some support from Laird Superfood, really cool, like coffee creamer, a um, lot of mushroom blends and stuff like that. And then uh, the last one, really cool, well, also Runner's High Herbals there in Arizona. And then the last one is a new one, they're Cost Naturals. It's a vegan protein, and they also do superfood mixes, but they're really known for their protein powders, and they're also locally based in Santa Barbara. So Sweet. really appreciate the local love. Yeah, we'll we'll try to figure out a, a giveaway for one or two of those sponsors. So check out Danny's social media. Check out my social media. We'll figure out something to do there um, to make sure that you can give away some some free gear. And yeah. let's see here. So we talked pretty extensively about your whole story. So if the listener isn't aware, go back to June of nineteen, and you can check out that episode. I think my main takeaway from that one was that you, I think it was talking to you that you danced down trails. That's how you like visualized it or something to that effect. Yeah. It was painting with my feet. Um, painting. And I, yeah, yes. Yeah. Painting a picture. I, I still really believe in that. Like I, um, recently were, was on some more technical trails a couple weeks ago and I just have so much fun playing around with it and like, I don't know. I think when you run on the trails as often as trail runners do, mountain runners, whatever you want to call yourself, it's um, you start to realize that rocks feel different, you know, based on their size and the way that they're shaped. And you, you start to be able to predict that like, oh, this rock might lean left or lean right. And so there's also it is artistic, but it's also kind of like this engineer aspect to it, which I appreciate, too, that you have to know push and pull and stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely love the downhill running. I I know if I kick that one, it'll probably take off like three toenails. And then I know if yeah. I kick that one, it'll only take my big one off. I, I, I gotta be honest. I always kind of avoid the rocks for the most part. I mean, do you seek them out? Like, or are you just running such technical terrain that you're just going over them all? Yeah, I think it just depends on the terrain. I wouldn't say I seek them out either unless it's uh, raining, you know, and the rocks are more dry than the, the ground, then maybe I'll seek them out a little more. Um, but here in Santa Barbara, like, there's such a wide array of technicality, and so I could kind of, like, seek out if I want to go through more of a rock 
garden type of vibe versus, you know, having the space in between with the stuff. Um, but the rocks I find most surprising are like the big scree nuggets, like the really flat wide ones. I don't know if you've ran on this stuff, but it like you'll push one side and I swear to like bounce up five feet and like gash your leg. And you're like, yes, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I, I have nightmare. Yeah. I think it was like quartz <laughs> or something that I've experienced that on, but it was like way up high, kind of on a mountainside. Um, it might not be exactly what you're explaining there, but uh, I, I just keep thinking of Black Canyon 100K. Have you run many Arizona trails? Because you're like, you sound like you're just designed to go crush Arizona. <laughs> Texas, too. Um, I ran one race in Texas, like when I first started trail running, but it was more like rolling hills. And, um, I think it was like a mountain bike course. And then Arizona, I've only ever ran in Phoenix. So I haven't really had, or I guess I've been to Flagstaff, but only for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, I've heard it's really cool out there. Like oh, definitely like cool. the Canyon and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you're painting, I mean, is each stride a, a brush stroke essentially in your head or is it um, like a elongated type abstraction yeah that's a really uh interesting way i think i think of it as like it's an elongated like if you were to put a paintbrush under my shoe then this is gonna start getting weird but like <laughs> that's why i called you danny yeah <laughs> Uh, if there was like, you know, like a black light or say it was really dark and the shoe was the, the glow stick, then you'd be able to see the trace of the trail with my feet. And so I think that's what I'm imagining is not just that moment, but everything I've done prior to that. And it just kind of being a fluid line. Uh, so kind of like water, you know, making its way through a canyon or something. And, and last question on this, like, are you seeing different colors for different, like, so if you're climbing, is it red? If you're going down, is it green? I don't know. Yeah, I think I see like more than just red. I like I see, um, I would say like more pastel glowy kind of colors and like multiple colors. Um, I don't see anything going up. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> that means you blacked out. <laughs> I just see blacked means slow out. down. <laughs> get there as soon as possible so we can get to the fun part no i've grown to appreciate uphill but there's no there's no colors associated with uphill as of now so you're you're like really visualizing this on the downhill and i'm i'm guessing you hit flow and literally you you're almost seeing yourself in flow as different as that is it's really cool the way you um explain that is that right yeah, I would definitely say that because I wouldn't say I, in my per opinion, like I'm not painting a picture every single time. It's the days that, you know, it feels good because I'm sure if, as you've experienced, like if you're just tired and running slower downhill, it's it's not as artistic. Like it's just kind of gritty and you're like, let's just get down this thing and back home. I'm tired and stuff like that. And those days are much more fewer than, you know, the great days and the fun days and stuff like that. Um, but I would say, like, the most flow state I'm in is when I pick a day where I'm going to work on downhill. And I would say that's probably where the colors are most illuminated in my mind. And, and like, I'm just really focused on it, um, which is interesting because I've also learned not a lot of people focus on downhill in their training, whereas, like, me, I, I love that. And, like, there's a time and place for it but it it's something that has stayed consistent at least the last since i've started trail running i mean i've i've talked to a few trail runners it seems like the best of the best will train specifically for downhill and it's i mean personally like middle of the pack guy here downhill like just absolutely crushing it's kind of like a higher risk for me just because you know, it, it's taken some time to build up the capabilities to really hammer down. But yeah, for for the experienced runners, some of the best I've ever talked to all talk about it's pretty much race-specific type training, right? I mean, you're going to be running mountain races. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like, it's in this sport, like, 
I would say it's really rare that you're repeating a race year after year. Like each year kind of brings its different challenges depending on the courses that you're going to be running. And so if you never change up your training to replicate those, that variety, um, I think you'll end up plateauing depending on, you know, how engaged you are as far as like trying to get down your time and stuff. So I totally appreciate and admire people who just go show up and just want to finish the race. Um, as much as people who, you know, put in huge training blocks. Um, but yeah, course specific, I think is this sport continues to grow in popularity and you have more speedsters coming over. Um, I think that's really going to be key to stand out and to make sure that you, you know, stay at the level or continue to push the envelope as far as where you land on the podium. So much big money in this sport, as you know. Yep. So much <laughs> us ballers over don't, here. Don't, don't go don't go win a marathon and win like, you know, half a million dollars or whatever. No. Yeah, where the, the take this is mostly giant, consistent. Take this giant hundred dollar check home. Um, yeah. And and a and a really cool ceramic mug. So I've gotten some cool yeah, ones. Yeah, you don't you don't get a ceramic mug for winning New York City. Exactly. Um, um what I mean, so since I talked to you last, how long have you been coaching for? Is this like a very new endeavor that you've been taking on? Yeah, I mean, in the timeline of when I talked to you last, I think I started coaching in only a couple months ago, or maybe even less than that, maybe like six weeks, um, which is weird because I feel like I've been coaching a lot longer than that. Um, especially to like younger folks in the sport. Uh, I've had more than a handful of people reach out to me, not just like for, um, training ideas, but just like mentorship and like how to potentially get a sponsorship, etc. Um, so I feel like I've been coaching, but now like I get paid for it. Um, so that's cool. Um, and I, and I've always loved, you know, sharing as much knowledge as I have with someone and them asking questions because it gets you to think about the sport differently too. What What have you learned about yourself, uh, you know, taking on other athletes recently? Like, have you started to see yourself change in your own training at all or? Um, nothing too drastic. I think, um, if anything, I've always, I've always been told that I'm like an optimistic person. Like I do, I do think about things realistically. Um, but I've always gotten that comment that like, even when I'm stressed out, like you can't tell. And I've had an athlete or two now, like say like, wow, thanks for being so optimistic. Like, thanks for, you know, believing me and thanks for all these things. And it, it's just cool to hear that. Um, that it's not just like amongst my friends, like it's a theme. And I think right now, like more than any time, at least in my lifetime, it's important to stay hopeful and optimistic. I think it's just better for your soul. Um, I think it's easy to kind of get beat down with everything going on and, you know, it's good to be realistic, but yeah, to, to have that relationship with athletes right now when there's no races and stuff and for them to, to be still get excited about things, that's been really rewarding. And that has taken to my training in that like, okay, I need to continue doing that for myself too. I'm going to just sign up for, for you to be my life coach. Like you yeah. <laughs> call like, Hey, feeling down. Just, yeah. just, I need the positive spin on life right now. Um, <laughs> No, that's that's really cool that you're, I don't know, I guess it's reassuring that people aren't just saying that, like it's consistent independently, that you're optimistic, you know, that's that's what we need right now. That's probably why I reached out to you subconsciously. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, we last talked June. I want to hear about this race that you did in October, because I don't think many people it wasn't really well broadcast and I don't know, maybe I was so caught up in uh, Moab 240 at the time. Like I just, I didn't hear enough about it. And I want to hear more about it. Yeah, definitely. So the race in October was the um, NACAC mountain running championships. So it's the North American, Central America, America 
championship. I think that's, that's what, how, what those letters stand for. Um, so, and, well, yeah. what? wait, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like all the countries. So it's Canada, uh, us, Mexico, so North America, and then, um, it could be Central America countries. So I'm pretty sure we had, what was the country? Um, dang it. I can't remember right now, but we had a couple countries that were from Central America. Very cool. And they, hmm. they do this championship t- typically every year, obviously not this year. Um, and yeah, you, you represent the, the USA. So we had four girls and four guys on our team and the venue changes. Uh, I think last year it was in the U S um, don't quote me on that. And then this year it was supposed to be in Canada, which I was really excited about cause we had a strong team. Um, but last year was in Mexico and it was cool because it was in Jalisco where my, um, great grandparents are from. So that was really cool too, to just kind of like be in that area. From That's really my, cool. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and it was just yeah, it was just cool to be in Mexico and just like, I don't know, like it would, yes, it was a big race, but it was such like a community thing. Um, like for example, when we had the meals and stuff, cause they, they always provide meals and lodging. Uh, it was in, it was in a gymnasium, you know, that was kind of like leaking water. And, um, this older woman and gentleman, probably the same ages as like my abuelita, we're cooking like quesadillas and rice and beans for us. And, um, and I think they made us like a uh, carne asada one night and like chicken the next night. It was just really cool. Like for me growing up in Downey, like our soccer fields, like tacos and quesadillas and beans and rice were like the go-to thing in between soccer games. And like everyone played soccer. And so to be in Mexico, I kind of felt like, it, it was very similar to my childhood, like the same smells and stuff and like the same sort of hospitality. Um, so that feels like it had to be like a family experience almost like, yeah. And like, like total one community the, type feel to it. I, that's really, really exactly. cool. Yeah. Yes. It, it was, it was definitely is one of my favorite races I've ever been to for that reason. And I remember one night that it was thunderstorming so hard that like the city started flooding that we were staying in. And so this guy just like put us all in his truck and drove us back to the hotel. And like, he had nothing, he had nothing to gain from doing it. You know, he was just doing the goodness out of his heart. So was, we didn't have to walk three blocks. Wasn't you know? even a runner or anything. Just no, like, he, was, yeah, he was just That's like cool. a family friend of, you know, people that were running the race. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a, a great community. And then the race itself, it was also a little rainy, but it was essentially a, I think it was a 12 K and you ran, you know, six K up, six K down. And I actually like ate shit really. <laughs> uh, it's okay really to swear. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, Oh shoot. Um, I ate can you say two- it in Spanish <laughs> by the way? What? <laughs> oh, I don't know what it would be. Um, that'd be funny. <laughs> um, on the way up, and then I caught uh, the the girls on the way down, which was really fun. Um, and yeah, and I won, and it was just it was just cool, you know. It's always nice to wear the USA jersey and uh, do well for my country. I mean, it had to be super meaningful, obviously, with everything we just talked about. And it seems to be kind of like your classic move is like, oh, you know, Danny just blacks out on the on the the uphills, but then she she. <laughs> paints the downhills like nobody's business um how i mean how did it feel coming down the mountain i'm sure you were passing a lot of people on the way down was it difficult were you and i do want to hear when you ate shit i I gotta hear more about that (laughs) it was so the eating shit part i was running up and like there was puddles that people were just running through but like you couldn't tell how deep the puddles were. <laughs> and so I just ran and just like face plant into the puddle, you know, and I think second and third place caught me because um, I was leading <laughs> did the they race. Use you? Did they just step on your back? and? <laughs> no, but what I find so funny with trail and mountain running is like when someone falls on the uphill, it's not like a track where 
they they'll gain like 20 meters on you. Um, it's really anticlimactic because like how fast can a person like how much can a person gain from a fall when you're running uphill? So second place, her name's Sam Lewis. She, she's a good friend of mine. She maybe made like 10 feet on me, but it feels so far. Um, and I just find it so funny because then you work so hard to gain those those feet back. And, and she, she was definitely moving. So she gained a little bit more before I finally just caught her on the downhill. Um, but I just think that's so funny. Like I would love to mentally, see that in the movie. Mentally, it was like, <laughs> oh, I just gave away the race. Yeah, exactly. But I can touch them. They're, they're so yeah. far, though. <laughs> Um, and then the downhill was really fun because, uh, everyone was on the same up. It was like an out and back on this road in the back country or not back country, uh, back of the, the city. I don't, I don't even know what to say. It was just like these back roads. Um, and so I could see all the women coming down and everyone was, you know, really nice. And, um, I was p- passing some guys on the bottom or going down the hill too. And I think they were, you know, always taken aback, like, Oh, what the heck? Like she's passing me. Um, and you were like, a- damn right. That was, yeah, that right. was green color right there for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was really funny. A really quick side story on, on that trip. We were scouting the course the day before and <laughs> one of the race directors, uh, from the Mexico team, He's like, you see these plants out here? And he's like, do you know what they're called? And we're like, no, what are they called? He's like, tequila. <laughs> and we all just started laughing. <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be a race I wish I could repeat, but, you know. Hey, I mean, doesn't it rotate? I mean, it, it could rotate back uh, eventually. Yeah, no, definitely. I was looking forward to the one this year, too. Um, it was in Golden, Canada, and that looked really pretty, too. Is that where... I mean, I assume they canceled that one, or is that still potentially going on? Yeah, they canceled it because it orig- it was supposed to be in July. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. if maybe it was in October, we could have maybe pulled it off. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Does it's, it just it's skip Canada better. now? And... I think it's going to be there next year. Yeah, okay. I think they get to have it. And then... Following that up, that was that was really fun to hear about. And again, I don't think it got any press. I I think it would have been an awesome video. I, I need to search that out. And I, I did see on Danny's website, you should check it out because there's a video and I think there's there's a few women actually like screaming in Spanish and it's just <laughs> it they were rooting on their runners and it was just really cool. Like it was almost like that UTMB experience where you realize you know running's a global thing it's not just english it's not just u.s centric it it was cool it gave me perspective and so you follow that up with probably a, a really long flight is that right to patagonia yeah so i did um yeah, I did that in October and then yeah, the down to Patagonia and that was that was definitely a longer trip than I thought it was going to be, but it was cool because uh I was able to meet up with some USA teammates. I think it was like in Georgia, uh cuz for me I have to go east before I can go south. Yeah. And uh so that helped cut cut it down, you know, just being with people instead of traveling on my own. Um but yeah, and so then you, it was Patagonia. You guys took a flight from probably Atlanta on like a giant jumbo jet? Yes, exactly. Okay. And how long and that, of a flight was that? Oh, man. I think it was like 10 hours, I want to say. That sounds bad. about right. Because it was like five hours east, 10 hours south, and then we had to get on one more plane uh, from uh, Briz- or northern Chile to s- southern. The little connector Ar- To Argentina. Yeah. Those are always the sketchiest. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so sketchy. Like everyone, like so many people lost their bags. It was so, it was really bad. And we're like, we only were on the flight for two hours, but it was the connector where, you know, everyone's bags were two, two plus hours away. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And what was this race that you were doing? How far was was it? Like this was a 42 K, um, 42 K world mountain world long distance mountain running championships i think is what the full title is because you have um you know like the trail team which 
uh, translates to basically like the ultra team. Um, and then you have the short course mountain and the long course mountain. So at this race, they had the short course and the long course, um, on the same weekend, which was really cool. So normally we travel with four of our teammates uh, or four team members. And this time we got to travel with eight on each side. So, you know, 16. Oh, and then the youth team was there too. So there was just so many people where the USA team could actually take up a bus. And I, I hadn't been to a race like that. Um, so I think that's the closest I'll feel to feeling like an Olympian. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was really cool, you know, having that many people there. I mean, my joke is always like, if, someone misses their connector and they need like that extra guy, like throw me the USA Jersey. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll finish. Um, but so this is a marathon distance. Is it technical terrain or I yeah. mean, is it buffed out? Like what, what kind of, I mean, it's mountain. Yeah. It, um, it was like no course I had raced before. So there was two big climbs with some rolling hills in between. And, um, at this point I was really tired. Like I, I mentally was tired. Um, like I had talked to you personally, like I had two work trips to Australia and races in between. And by this time of the year, I just, it was rough. Um, but I was re equally stoked and, um, the first climb just killed me. <laughs> it was like this jungle climb that was also, re you know, like the sleek mud where you're not getting the best traction. Um, but you just got to keep going That's the and worst. then it, yeah, I know <laughs> you're like, well, thank gosh for trail shoes. Uh, <laughs> would not get up this any other way. And so the field kind of just left me. I think I was in like 80th place or something uh that was not the best positioning for me but regardless um <laughs> in fact and then I caught some people on the first downhill um but that still was only like 12k of the race you know there's still a lot more to go and there's pretty good video by American Trail Running Association and when I popped out of the woods I was the fifth woman and they're like okay Danny let's go. And you can just see it on my face. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have so much catching up to do. And then on the middle part, it was rolling and really warm, uh, which was weird. Cause it had just been like really cold on the first climbing descent. And I caught a ton of people there and I caught up to our second place USA woman who was, um, Ashley Brosovan at the time. And we both were kind of like a little gassed and we're like, all right, well, here's the second climb. And we hadn't really scouted it, but we had heard there was snow. Uh, and it turns out the whole thing was covered in snow. <laughs> and so for like four miles, like my eyes felt like they were getting sunburned from the reflection. And uh, she started making a way because she, she's a phenomenal climber. And she gapped me a little bit. And I kind of kept my eye on her. I was like, okay, I need to get as close to her as possible. Just need to get to that downhill, Danny. We could do this. Um, but yeah, just like sloppy snow too because we're with the men's race too um but snow 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 you get to the top and then the first downhill it has like a little bit more snow but again it's sloppy because everyone has already been through it so and one of the teammates had a camera he's like yeah Danny and I'm like oh heck yeah like I'm in my element now like time time to start catching people I kinda, Danny I kind of see you I'm sorry like <laughs> I see you at the top of this mountain, like, I kind of picture, because my kids are into comic stuff, like the Hulk, when, like, the Hulk comes out, yeah. <laughs> and you just, like, rip down the hill, um, or mountain. Um, how that's, that's how, how did like that go? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's how you feel. Is that what you just said? That's how I feel. Yeah. It's like <laughs> rip off the, the, you know, the shirt and there's my, there I am in my sports bra. Um, but yeah. So in my head the whole time, uh, as I'm climbing up this hill, I'm like, okay, just get there. You'll catch people on the downhill. Like we saw a little bit of the downhill and I knew it was my jam. And I was like, okay. And so we crest the hill and Andy Wacker, I think he said like, you're in 32nd or 33rd. Um, and typically historically for like the world mountain championships, the, the strongest teams are France, Italy, Great Britain. Um, 
there's a couple others, and but those are teams that I'm kind of always looking out for. And there was a girls from each of those teams that had passed me on the way up that I kind of had in the back of my head. I was like, okay, I just need to catch those folks. Um, but anyways, oh man, this classic Danny thing. It takes me so long to get to the punchline. So anyway, I just right there. <laughs> and then I started trying to go down the snow and just eat shit so bad and i was just like what the heck danny was, like, you... was andy right there too or no? oh yeah like oh, he was? It, you know, <laughs> it was slightly embarrassing because like with him too there's kind of this report he, he's been to santa barbara he's like this is why you're so great at downhill you know and like people comment here and here like watch danny on the downhill and so i'm like he's this is my time cool. to shine <laughs> and i just like eat shit and like i can't even stand up because of snow and in my head i'm just like it's okay like you're not from the snow just keep going and i just kept eating shit and then finally i got out of the snow and you can't stay frustrated for too long and um, then I then I started ripping and like caught you know uh, enough girls, but it was it was rough. So, like Andy's like on his phone real time pulling you up on Instagram like unfriend unfriend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, or unfollow. He's, he's, he's a great guy, um, but I'm sure people before me were much more graceful. Um, Maybe that's yeah, why he's standing where he was just to watch people. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So you went from 33rd overall, right? So I actually looked it up. I went from 23rd to 19th. Um, so I caught – that was the that was from the last downhill. Um, nice. And then it was cool because we all made up points in, like, our scoring group, so the top three score. So our front girl, she caught one girl. Ashley caught – it looks like – she caught four girls. I caught five girls. And so we made up nine spots and we ended Whoa. up edging Great Britain by five points and Italy by 21 points. So it's like for Great Britain, like if we didn't catch the girls that we did, we wouldn't have gotten, we wouldn't have beaten them. Um, so it was pretty cool to see that, like that we all made the effort to catch girls at the, the till, till the end. Um, and we ended up getting fourth, and we were the only team that didn't get a medal, which was kind of a bummer. Um, but we were really proud of ourselves. Like, our, our race was really deep. Again, like, um, Great Britain and Italy are, are phenomenal teams. Like, actually, absolutely phenomenal. So it was just one of those those years where it's like, well, it was really deep, and um, Romania ended up podiuming, and I think it was, like, their first showing at that championship or something like that or like their first podium so it was really cool to watch them garner that ex- success but um yeah this team was definitely like we're gonna show up next year and and try and get on the podium who, so we'll who see who's your lead female because ashley's super nice like she has a shoe problem honestly uh, <laughs> she's like she's super talented like i i've run with her and her feet are the most quiet I've ever, I think it was her, like just absolute perfect form. Um, who was your lead female? If it's you and Ashley, like who's passing you guys? Yeah, it was um, Emily Schmidt, who she lives, uh, I can't, she lives either in Peru or Ecuador. Okay. Uh, this is my dyslexia coming in somehow mixing up those two places. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she lives in North Southern America or South America. Okay. And, um, she did a bunch of like the golden series races last year. Those are huge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are huge. And, um, yeah, we honestly, I just known her from her success there cause we haven't had too many like American females really try to attempt that series. And so like I'd seen her name there and, uh, she crushed it. I mean, she looked really strong for the beginning, finished strong, um, and now she's with Hoka, which is really cool. So she's technically teammates with me and Ashley. I was going to say, um, is it Team USA or? Yeah, That's I cool. mean, yeah. Um, so how did you follow this up? Were you just get me to this flight, and then did you sleep the whole flight back? Were you just exhausted after all these trips to Australia for work, and then I mean? flying to Mexico for that big event, you know, you're just 19 seems exhaust. I'm just exhausted hearing about this. <laughs> yeah. It was a really tiring year. Um, 
I can't remember what my total was, but I ended up totaling like the amount of hours I spent on a plane. Um, and it was something ridiculous, like almost like five days of the year. Oh, and I went to Portugal too for the world championships. That, that was the other long one. So I just, like four big international trips that, you know, all the um, airtime was at least 15 hours is it like, yeah. So basically to answer your question, I called my coach and I was like, I need a vacation, like an actual vacation. (laughs) (laughs) um, I quit. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I just, I need a break from the long stuff for a little bit. Um, and I think that was more so like this race, I, I just felt so tired going into that the idea of running another marathon felt tiring. And um, so anyway, so we we came up with a schedule, you know, that was supposed to be this year where I was going to do a lot of shorter stuff for the first half and then uh, potentially try and do another 50K at the end of this year. Um, but obviously with everything going on right now, like things, plans have shifted. So, yeah. Yeah, your, your coach had already gotten early notice from Andy's messages on like, yeah, she's, she does not look good. Right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who, who is, is your coach? Was your coach? Yeah. My coach is Terry Howe. He's um, based out of Santa Barbara and it's, it's really cool. We have a really fast group here. There's um, of women. He doesn't coach all of them, but uh, of the women that are here, he coaches most of them. And, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm sure so many people feel this way. And that's, again, just trying to stay positive and hopeful that, you know, all this happened for a very important reason uh, for growth in individuals and collectively. But um, beginning of this year, like, I felt really fit. And I was running with girls that were, you know, on the edge of running 1545. And, like, I was right behind them. And it was just it was so hard, you know, individually, but like when you feel invested in the team, you also kind of care for everyone's journey or you're not just kind of, you do. And so to see them, you know, not get their track season when I saw all the work that was being put in, that was also hard. Um, 45. Yeah. They, uh, so one of them, one of them ran 1550 in a time trial a couple weeks ago. Um, And she, I mean, she's chomping at the bit. She's going to run. She can run faster than that. I mean, that was just like she ran the last six laps. Like, are we we talking one mile speed here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is actually a one mile, one mile mile event. Uh, (laughs) That's where I started. I mean, God, I can't, I can't, I can't break twenty minutes on the five k. Like, it's that's a hard distance. I'm scared to have to go out for mile one of like hitting that pace to like be aggressive on a 5k (laughs) it scares me i'd rather go run moab 240 i swear to god it's easier uh in my head in terms of like the level of pain maybe not the duration of pain but like just sheer tasting pennies in your mouth like oh i respect that a lot oh me too they're they're different beasts and, um, it's, it's really cool to watch. Like I say I'm tagging behind cause it really is like me trying to hang on for the workouts that I, that I do with them and stuff. Um, but it's cool. I mean, like it's a push and pull because they've gone on trail runs with me and it's the opposite, you know, where like I'm out in front and they're on my tail and, um, it, I have always enjoyed training alone. Like there's pros and cons there. Uh, and then with the group, it's, it's, um, there's always this quote that it basically says that in the sense of like, we were pushed and therefore we were pulled, meaning that like, again, going back to the, sum of the parts with the group, like, because each person has their, their strengths, like the group collectively is going to do well. And, um, as much as fit, the idea of them wanting to get down to 1530 intimidates me, it also excites me because it's like, well, if you're going to be better, like I know I'm going to be better and vice versa. And, and yeah, that's cool. Well, that's, I mean, that's what we need right now. I mean, it sounds like you're getting through the lows that the world's experiencing right now through being part of this team of stupid fast runners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Have you broken 16 minutes in the 5K? No. And that was kind of like a side goal that I hadn't been thinking about the last couple years. Um, But at the beginning of this year, when we were all training so well, my coach kind of was like, you know, you could jump in there if you want. And I was like, huh, maybe I'll try and do like the trials. Maybe I'll try and do a track season. Like that would be crazy, right? Like Danny Brown will jump in a track season. Um, but, <laughs> um, obviously that, that it didn't happen. So I didn't get to see if that crazy two second thought was actually going to come to fruition. Um, but yeah, no, I, I haven't broken 16. Would I like to? Yeah. Will it happen? We'll, we'll see. Like I would definitely need to have the same focus that I had at the beginning of this year as far as like developing that speed. That'd be a fun video. Honestly, I'd, I'd like to shoot that video. <laughs> yeah. I For some reason, I, I find it fascinating when humans are capable of excelling at really, really short one-mile, three-type three mile races, but then can convert it into mountain running and longer kind of ultra-type efforts. Uh, clearly, like Matt Daniels was fascinating to me, but I, I feel like you're – in a very similar, you know, potential situation there. Oh, thank so. you. I appreciate that. He's, he's an excellent athlete. Um, good company to be in. There's some, I mean, if you look at like the top runners, like a lot of, not all of them, but you know, like Hayden had some track speed. Um, Jim ran track in back in the day. Uh, Max Keen, uh, Grayson Murphy, obviously being like a stud at, uh, girls making her up the rank, making her way up the ranks, Ashley. Um, so I think there's definitely something there. Like is the sport continues. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) your history on this stuff. Wow. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely a nerd of nerd of the sport or a student of the sport slash nerd of the sport. (laughs) That's, I mean, I had to do my due diligence and reach out to people because Matt Daniels going sub, sub four in the one mile. I was like, I don't want to like announce this, that Matt Daniels is the first person to do that and then finish Western States like, or be competitive at States. If, you know, some guy did it in like 1975. So I actually had to reach out to some like very knowledgeable people. And just like you said, I think Hayden was a few seconds. Jim, I think was like one second behind I think he ran like a 101 or a 102. And yeah, like you said, Max King was right there. That's it's fascinating that you nailed that. Um, <clears throat> so how did how's this year gone? Have you been able to participate in any races at all before COVID basically canceled everything? Yeah, I um, I just snuck in one race. It was... So Spartan Trail, they started a series or like a trail series, um, which I think has been met with like it was at first like this controversial thing, like this big juggernaut of a uh, not country company (laughs) Company, getting into the trail space and like putting some big prize money up and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, I've always been one to I like making judgments on my own you know and like going and seeing things out for myself so I did a Spartan race that was kind of like in central California and it was really cool like I enjoyed it I ended up winning first overall which was really cool um and gave me some confidence at the beginning of the year like it it wasn't a super hard effort but it was like just the right effort you know and as I was about to go into another race I think like a month after that um, but yeah, that's the only thing I got in and it went well. So, um, yeah, I expect to be, you know, the, the trail runner of the year, just based off that, that <laughs> performance. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's only like seven of them. So you, you just yeah. made uh, <laughs> yeah. ultra run. Uh, yeah. What, when you explain to me what a Spartan race even is like, just generally, what's the difference from me going and signing up for a local, mountain kind of like 50k or marathon uh, what is the difference and i got to hear just a little bit more about that i i'm assuming you went into hulk mode at some yeah. point <laughs> definitely um it was different it was it was definitely different so 
you register online and you can either register for one race or you buy a pass where I think you could go to any of the races throughout the whole year. Um, so that was kind of unique. And you check in and you like put your stuff in this caged area. I'm sure Spartan people can correct me on my terminology. Put your stuff <laughs> in the caged like a, area. Is there yeah, a tiger like, in the cage? <laughs> yeah. They like, they gave you a number and that was associated to everything. So that was associated to your headband, associated to your bag, associated to, you know, your chips and stuff like that. And, um, what's interesting is like, they won't publicize who's in the race or the race course beforehand, which I found interesting, you know, being at the beginning of this podcast, we were just talking about how, like, if you want the edge up as far as like competing elite, like you want to train course specific. Um, and they did a very similar thing for their championship end of last year, which I was going to do and then decided not to do. And that seems to be a running theme is like, they won't publicize like the elevation gain or the course. So there's pros and cons to that, right? Because like the course needs to be really well marked to make sure that yeah. people know where they're going and stuff. Um, you can't predict it as far as like where you're going to push and pull and et cetera. Um, and, but also takes out that thinking factor where it's like, well, I just need to race. Like you show up the morning of the race, look at the course and you're like, okay, well, Turns out this course suits me or it doesn't suit me. <laughs> it's um, just but, net 10,000 feet of gain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I wasn't planning on that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. And, and like they did a really good job of like, um, you know, publicizing it and like doing like social media and stuff like that. And everyone was really friendly and they had like vendors. And if you wanted to try and like pick up uh, the weights from the actual Spartan races, you could do like stuff like that. And like they had a kid's corner. So it was very much like a spectacle, like festival type of feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if anyone is interested in trying their trail race, I definitely recommend it. And you kind of just decide if that's the type of environment you want to be in. It's, it doesn't seem to go along with the, like the old school trail races, you know, where like you're taking a shot of whiskey or something like that at the top. Um, it's, it's really well organized and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. And then obviously like if you're at the elite level with their prize money, like that is attractive and you're going to get people that show up because of that. I mean, I, I saw, I think it was on, I forget what TV show or, or how it was broadcast, but they did, a, I think it was Spartan races did a very, very good, like, video coverage it was i think it was watching uh, it was like after the western states drawing at a uh a run run shop slash bar in california there uh where were they doing a bunch of video of you too um they weren't doing too much but okay. i i think i know what you're talking about it was like their championship race um okay but they did do something similar for the they called it the world championship last year. Um, or maybe it was the U S championship. Yeah. The U S championship last year, they did a similar thing for the trail race, but I hadn't, I haven't seen any like content come out from that personally. Okay. I, I, yeah. I'm a big fan regardless of just sharing kind of running ultra endurance, whatever, you know, trail type content inspire people. So it, it seemed like they were doing a really good job there. And yeah. So you won that. I mean, were you feeling on top of the world? I'm trying to think. <laughs> this was like February or March or something? Oh, when was it? It was, I think it was February, I want to say. But I could be wrong. It might have been early March. Um, but yeah, I was, feeling, I was feeling strong and confident, which I think those either collectively or individually are always really good things to feel during a training block. And the next race I was going to do was the Lake Sonoma, um, half marathon, which I was really excited about. So in that case I was like, all right, like I'm ready for this race, you know, like I'm getting excited. Um, but that was the extent of that. Cause then obviously everything started getting canceled. Um, but yeah. I I keep thinking about you doing a Leadville race. If you could get acclimated to altitude, like you and Ashley showing up and just throwing down for like, I don't know, the heavy half or whatever race you want to do up there. 
just with all the rocks and technicality. Yeah, I've heard that's a cool race, actually. Um, I think and, it's really well organized. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard um, really good things about that. Yeah, the acclimation thing is um, is always a fun one for me because <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's it's definitely hit or miss. I think I definitely acclimate better than most people. Um, I had, you know, seen I'd run with a friend that lives in Santa Barbara with me um, in the mountains. The other I don't know if it was the other, but it, it was like three weeks ago or something. And yeah, she's like, how are like how are you already acclimated? Like this is our first day here. I'm like I'm not. I just like I just breathe really slow and like try to adjust <laughs> my heart rate constantly. Um, maybe it's our, yeah. maybe it's our dyslexic brains that can just like ignore that pain or, yeah, <laughs> um, or it's just that I black out all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I'm going to shift gears and I appreciate all your time here. What advice do you have for people? How do you stay optimistic during COVID-19? How are you on point with your training? Like, I just want to hear more about how you're staying optimistic right now. Cause it's, it's hard for all of us. Yeah, it is hard. Um, I think the first thing is to set your boundaries. Um, I think like your mental health is most important as far as like how much energy you want to extend, um, beyond yourself. So I think recognizing now that, your boundaries might be more limited than they usually are, especially for people who are givers, you know, who like, who like to give and don't expect anything in return. Um, you can give a lot right now. And so I think just, just being wary of yourself. Um, because I think the more aware you are individually, collectively will be better and going hand in hand with that along with optimists, like being optimistic, like there's, there's so much good in the world. And I think it's hard to forget that. And I think just like getting off of social media, I'd written a post, I forgot when it was, but something that had come to mind during one of my runs is just like unsubscribing from, I say propaganda (laughs) just to capture people's attention, but just like disengaging because there, there's a lot more people right now who unfortunately are in situations where they have more time, whether that was self-elected or not. And they, they don't know where to put that energy now. And so they, they start to get caught up in these things and just to recognize that that is a pattern of the, the certain circumstances and like that starts to get elevated. It's like Um, social media trolls on steroids right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They can't go out. And, um, and again, it's not their fault, you know, it's just, it's just the circumstances and, and they don't know how to outlet that energy any other way. Exactly. But going back to that point, it's just like disengaging in that. And like the world is good. It's, it's going to look different after this, but like truly like most everyone has some good in their heart and most people really want what's best for us, our nation in the world. And like, don't lose sight of that. Um, cause it's like that optimistic optimism in people that that's going to get us the, the solutions that are going to end up working for everyone. Um, I love it. Yeah, no, seriously, you're my new life coach. So sorry, <laughs> sorry if I call you like no worries. You know, once a week. Um, yeah, but seriously, you can, you can see the best in people. You can see the worst in people. It's kind of up to you on how you interpret a lot of things and, yeah, disengaging from a little social media right now is not going to hurt. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, in terms of how is Danny dealing with training right now during COVID-19? Because, I mean, I work's been chaotic. Like, I just, I haven't gotten nearly uh, my normal level of training in recently. Like, if you were coaching me, like, what or how are you going about this? How are you keeping things normal? Cause you're working still also. Yeah. It's been interesting work. Um, in the sense that like it typically you have 
and I'm sure this goes for other people who are working, newly working remote, is when you're in the office, you have your, you know, eight to four, nine to five, you know, whatever your hours are. And that's the designated time that we are all trained to go in, put in some work, and then you have your bookends at the end of the day. And it's almost like since that infrastructure is removed, more natural human ebbs and flows are apparent where suddenly I'm like, why is Wednesday suddenly this really productive day for for the whole company? Um, And then, you know, the next day has its lull or like one week will feel really hard. And then the next week, it's a little more dull. And um, this is a funny comparison, but uh, (laughs) I was talking to one of my friends about, you know, how like female menstrual cycles will get, you know, on the same cycle. I'm like, I wonder yeah. if it's the same for the co- like company wide. Like, like we're all just psychological on this, cycle. Yeah, yeah. Psychological cycle. Yeah. Um, but, it, but as far as going back to the training, like my training has definitely been like at first I was really gung ho and I was like, dang, I'm just going to put in the best training in my life. And within a week I was like, no, you just got to keep it the same. Um, what you've been doing has been working And, um, for days where I haven't been able to get in as much, or there's been a couple like week or couple weeks, like back to back weeks where like my training was just so, so, you know, like nothing great, nothing horrible, just kind of in between. I think it's just being okay with that. Like normally we have races that act as that end point for us. And naturally with the races in there, like then you take your break and that's, you know, that's the point where you're like, okay, now I'm going to take two weeks off and we don't have that now. And I think our bodies, um, are just kind of like creating those for ourselves Yeah. and whether it's, Hey, Oh, we realize we're not racing. You've been running 200 milers. We're just chilling. Like that's okay. That is totally okay. Um, and the complete opposite, if someone has been injured and suddenly they're having the best training of their life, like good for them. Uh, I think this year, more importantly, is just a year of growth, you know, whether it's that you end up getting fitter or not, like you're, you're going to gain something from it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm, I'm mentally trying to picture this like at last year was a little extreme doing the triple crown, but then I did a race in January in february and i'm like you know let's just picture march april may like let's just picture this as winter time yeah let's let's like kind of have like a downtime so that i can have deep level like recovery and then i'm also thinking a lot about this is a stressful time for people like if you're fortunate enough to still have a job it's stressful as hell if you if you were furloughed or lost your job like this is extremely stressful. Like it, it sucks regardless. Um, and I feel for everyone because we're all going through this, but I'm trying to remind myself every day, like your body, I think it was Roach that really explained this well, but your body doesn't know what stress really is. It just knows whether it's stress or not. So it doesn't know if meeting that deadline at work is the stress or you're physically taxing yourself is the stress. Like you just have to be aware of stress or you're going to get broken. And I just, I'm probably, I don't know, under, uh, under training and probably losing fitness right now, but I'm okay with that. I'm looking at the long-term picture. It's just refreshing to hear someone of your caliber say something similar sort of along those same lines. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I agree a hundred percent with you about the stress and it being okay to take some time off. Um, I mean, think about every comeback story, you know, even like the really crazy ones where people retire and then they come back from running, um, one year out of your life in the big scheme of things really isn't that much time. And if you can gain more from, you know, something that you learn about yourself internally, psychologically, uh, maybe you find a new passion. I, I think that'll go just so much farther than if you had trained a little extra harder this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I mean, I'll end just saying you're not alone if you're listening out there. Like this 
this sucks for for everyone so don't think you're alone and if you're out there and you're not stressed out and you're enjoying this a little too much uh help someone that is stressed out like we're a community here so like that's why i'll be reaching out to danny uh, as my new life coach but danny (laughs) thank you for taking so much of your time and just you know being a good friend of the show where can people follow you on social media yeah um they can my instagram is dan underscale underscore uh yell y-e-l-l underscore a and then my website danny slash moreno.com that pretty much has like everything linked to my other social media stuff well i i really appreciate your time and thanks for all the cool insights today Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, everyone be well. Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. And try and stay as positive as possible. And that was episode 138. Big thank you again to Danny for taking so much of her time. It was just fun. She's positive. And honestly, that's that's what our community needs right now is a a positive voice to listen to and our minds off things for a while so thank you danny thank you the show sponsors exoskin kogala hammer destination trail and all you patreon supporters you guys are absolutely awesome if you have time check out the new amazon tv show the collaboration project with ryan clayton and myself running the triple crown is now available on amazon for the four first episodes and then we got two more episodes coming out hopefully in a week or two Enjoy that show. Most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. See you next week.